You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. Lovely to hear your voice, and good morning, everyone. Yeah, good to have you back in the studio. And, uh, Peter, just uh, what have you been up to over the weekend? So uh, last week, my uh, dear wife, Marie, and I, uh, we went to Collinsvale, uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is the first time we had been there. And uh, it's interesting because I think it's the first... um, Adventist Church in Tasmania, and um, the coincidentally, the the author of the book that we have been following in this series, the Apprenticeship, uh, today, uh, the, that book is called Steps to Christ. And it was um, written by a lady by the name of Ellen White, and she actually uh, spoke at Collinsvale many years ago, back in the nineteenth century. Mm. I was up there, so just... it's good to visit those people and yeah. catch up with them. I was up there uh, just a few weeks ago, and. Uh... We'll be uh, putting a new radio um, around that area as well soon. So anyone anyone, uh, who's keen to listen to Faith FM up around Collinsvale, you'll be able to do that very soon. I remarked to Marie as we were driving over there, because we had driven uh, through Collinsvale once before, and uh, I said to Marie, it's it's a little bit like you imagine Hobbiton to be, (laughs) because it's got all these little hills and valleys, and um, it's just a very pretty place. Mm. Peter, we've got an election, a national election coming up soon, 21st of May. Um, have you decided? Are you going to ask me for? who I'm voting <laughs> no, for? No, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to. But I, I'm going to ask: Have you decided who you're voting for? Well, look, I think uh, it's probably not wise to bring politics into the radio show. But um, obviously, you know, it's kicked off in a in. Um, Abundance now. I mean, they've sort of been campaigning, I guess, for the last uh, few weeks anyway. But now they've announced the date of May 21, and they'll be campaigning in earnest. And um, you know, I think it, it's interesting because we're going to talk about knowing God today. But I, I think you know, when you've got the two politicians, you know, the two leaders, Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese, and whomever. Of course, we don't actually vote for them unless you actually live in their seat. You actually are voting for your local member. But of course. Um, elections today seem to be more and more about that leadership personality, a little bit like uh, an American presidential election. Mm. But, um, you know, and we see, you know, we see these leaders on on the TV most days, uh, every week, um, you know, for years. And um, but do we really know them? And we, you know, there's there's something uh, we probably know some things about them. But do we actually know them? Uh, really, and um, talk a little bit about that in relation to our topic today. Mm. I was uh, listening to an interview with Joe Hockey. Um, mm-hmm. He was our previous treasurer, I think, some time ago. Yeah, once upon a time. Yeah, and he says, oh, I really like Anthony Albanese. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, but he was saying to uh, to Anthony that, you know, I can't vote for you because I'm a liberal. So it's interesting. <laughs> Even if we like people, uh, sometimes we might might not vote for them. So, Well, that's uh, an interesting uh, side because, um, yeah, you don't actually think of uh, people being uh, friends with people who aren't on the same side of the aisle, so to speak. And, yeah. and uh, 
I think you know. I think that's that's good. You know, you you should be able to be friends with people from a lot of different walks of life. We don't have to agree on everything in order to be friends, mm. and uh, I, I that's think a that's point. a really good principle, actually. Yeah. Um, so remind our listeners today, our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. That's our Tassie and Cowlish show number. You can text us in uh, answers to questions that we might ask. You can get a free book offer later in the program. And, of course, yeah, we'd love to hear from you today. So, Peter, last episode we talked about the work and the life. What have we mm. uh, got today? Oh, you, you hinted on that before. Mm. Um, our title, I think, is called A Knowledge of God. Yeah, this but, is a, a chapter... Uh, this is a chapter in the book, Steps to Christ, which is really all about uh, becoming a disciple, uh, that is a follower or a learner uh, from Christ. And, uh, we've, of course, the series is called The Apprenticeship, and that's what it's really about, is becoming a disciple of Christ. And today's um, topic, A Knowledge of God, you would think that that's pretty basic to... Um, to becoming a follower of Christ is, is to have a knowledge of God, and we want to explore how we gain a knowledge of God. There are, I guess, there are myriads of opinions about who God is and what He's like, and so forth. And mm. you can just uh, look at the history of uh, theology, if you like, the history of people's belief about God or gods through the ages. And there are, you know, many and varied different views about who God is and, and what He's like. Um, and in, in you know if we're going to follow someone, uh, certainly we're looking to follow Christ all the way to heaven. Mm. But we want to follow him in terms of the principles, the values, uh, the the life that he practiced in terms of how he taught people, how he related to people, how how he treated people. And uh, in order to do that, we need to know a little bit ab- about him and a, a bit about the God that um, he is. Um, I guess. Uh, Share it, showing us. Um, so, what, how do we know? It's it's more than a knowledge of God, though, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't mm. it really about knowing knowing Him personally? It's a bit like, you know, like we can know of Scott Morrison, but we mm-hmm. don't know him personally. I think that's that's really the point of where we're going today, isn't it? That that's exactly right. That's that's the the, the point we wanted to make. There's a couple mm. of things, I suppose, in terms of a knowledge of God. If we get some background, one of the fundamental things that the Bible says about God right at the very first verse is that he is the creator. Mm. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so um, that is um, fundamental to who we know him, him as. And, and I think that uh, certainly in, in the Western world, uh, our picture of God has changed somewhat, I would believe, because we no longer see God as creator for the most part. Most people... Uh, as I did, I uh, was taught and embraced uh, the idea of evolution, and therefore God as creator is far less strong an image that we have of God in the Western world than perhaps we did have a century yeah. or more ago. I was going to ask um, that, that question, actually, Peter, because mm. like I've grown up always uh, in the church and uh, always being a believer. And so for me, to see the evidence of God in nature is very natural for me. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for me to see the design and the amazing um, planning and thought that's gone into this creation that is that yes. uh, is in front of us, you know, in, in front of our very eyes. But for many who either have been taught another way of, you know, understanding how 
how life came to be and whatever. It's not so easy, I guess, for them to correlate what they see with God. Yeah, well, I suppose, yeah, we have a story, don't we, that we're taught in in school uh, and in university, uh, that the the most popular view now of origins is the the molecules to man evolution. And we've talked about this in a a previous episode of um, another series we did called Searching for Certainty. Mm. But, um, yes, I used to be a molecules to man evolutionist. I'm no longer that. I do believe that God created in six days. And it's interesting when you have that uh, I had a conversion experience I was an, an atheist and now I'm a believer but when you do see the world in light of the creator it's actually a spectacular difference uh, you, you, I'd like you to read a passage in mm. Job 12 verses 7 to 10 in a moment Jason yeah. but um, every time it's kind of like looking at the world in black and white and then suddenly you, you've got colour yeah and um i and every single leaf that i see or every little um daisy or whatever it is i recognize now has been designed it's been created and not for any old reason it's been designed and created in order that i would take pleasure in it mm. And that's just amazing to me. Mm. Now, not just me. It's not a selfish creation. It's not all about me. But every human being, all of the beauty and the um, the craft work that went into the design of every living thing is actually there for us to appreciate the beauty and power of the Creator. But um, have a look at Job twelve seven to 10, if you'd like to read that, Jason. Yeah, and this is from the New King James Version. It says, But now ask the beasts, and they will teach you, and the birds of the air, and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, and the fish of the sea will explain to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Mm, and so he, this passage is beautiful because it's, it's basically saying the more we study the natural world, uh, the more we will see reflections of what God has uh, given in terms of creation. Now, we've already, again, you know, talked in a previous um, episode of, of Searching for Certainty, Why So Much Suffering, that the world we actually find is not the one God created originally. Mm. So this is a uh, this is a damaged, broken, um, degraded version of that which God created at the very beginning. He created paradise, and yet... We all like to go on holiday. We all like to visit beautiful places. And there are so many places in the world where we can look at the world and, and we see great beauty even now. Mm. And uh, if you look at the the biblical um, story, the world's been cursed three times. So if this is the beauty it has now, what must it have been like back when it was created fresh from the hand of God? But But in nature, in the natural world, we see a glimpse of the 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 love of God, the beauty of God, and the power of God, and uh, it's one of the ways that we can get an insight into a knowledge of God. Mm. And I guess uh, the whole Christian experience, as well, um, just before we go to the break here, but is is really about learning how, despite the fact that we do live in this broken, fallen world, that we learn that God still cares for us mm-hmm. and. Uh, there's so many passages of scripture that you know that talk about how he wants to have this relationship with us. So, 
We are going to go to the break. Before we do, listen to the question. Where do you see evidence of God in the world around you? We'd love to hear from you. Where do you see most, or so where do you most see evidence of God in the world around you? Text us in your answer on 0488880891. This is His Eye is on the Sparrow by Eclipse 6. <laughs>
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on his series, The Apprenticeship, and we're talking about the knowledge of God. But uh, really, we're talking about knowing God. So we'll get a little bit more into that. Before the break, we asked you a question: Where do you most see evidence of God in the world around you? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, Peter, we were talking about nature and how we see uh, the evidence of God in various forms in nature. And I think we've uh, got a few more texts that uh, we wanted to read out in that context. Yeah. Uh, well, so, yes. So I think um, it's uh, one of those things where we uh, are surrounded by the natural world, of course. We live within it. We are part of it. Um, and it, it testifies to us every day, every moment, mm. um, if we are reading it right, if we're understanding it. And, and, of course, part of that is confused by the fact that it's fallen and broken and so forth, but it still has great beauty, as we mentioned before. If we look at Psalm 19.1, it, uh, this one also talks about uh, the natural world, but it's looking, uh, looking up. So um, if you'd like to read uh, Psalm 19.1 and 2. Yeah, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. All right. So that last line there, night unto night reveals knowledge. Mm. You know, we're studying the the sky at night. We put the Hubble Space Telescope up uh, uh, into space in orbit about 30 years ago or so. And uh, and now they've just um, put the James Webb uh, telescope uh, into orbit, up uh, into a much higher orbit, and they're preparing uh, to. Um, they're sort of calibrating that telescope to try and see further and further out into the universe. Mm. And the more we we see, the more of uh, God's creative handiwork we see. And uh, when it says night and tonight reveals knowledge, it's revealing knowledge about the one who put it all there. So we can study nature, we can study astronomy just to find out facts about how far is this distance and how big is that object and so forth. But it's really uh, there to also give us a knowledge about the one who put it there Mm. and why it was put there and how we, you know, you think about it, um, Marie and I, we walk pretty much every morning. Um, It's a nice way to start the day to walk for an hour and we see the sunrise um, pretty much most days and... um, you know, we only see the stars, the sun, the moon, or, or the stars, because we don't have this blanket of cloud all the time. Now, I'm looking outside the window right now, and I can see some clouds floating by. But um, it's 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 good that we have a transparent atmosphere that we can actually see out into the night sky. Mm. Um, you know, and the ancients would have done this too. Before they uh, invented telescopes, they would have looked out into the night sky and wondered and marvelled at the moon and the stars. Well, they've, they've and, always been, the, you know, the sky and the stars have been, um, you know, navigational aids for, for so long, you know. In that's pe- right, People yeah. uh, on ships or wherever they are. Yeah, that's true. But, of course, you know, because there's, I mean, this is the incredible thing. If you look in the Bible and look in, uh, into ancient culture, so fascinating and so brilliant was the natural world and the stars and so forth that people would worship them. 
So they would worship creatures or they would worship the the stars or they would worship the sun or the moon. Mm. Um, But the Bible reveals, of course, that God created all of those things to tell us something about his power. And, um, you know, we can read a little bit more about that in um, Psalm 8, 3 and 4, if you've got that there, um, Jason. Yeah, I've got it here. It says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Is that, is right, that so uh, talking about Christ coming to visit, <laughs> or what's that? No, no, no. I th- no, I think that no. When it says when it's this this passage here, so yes, when it says the son of man here, it's talking about me and you. We yes. are son yeah. sons of men, um, and. Uh, so it's not actually a reference to Christ, this one. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, what he's saying, what are we as human beings when you've when you consider the you know the moon and the stars? Um, what are we in comparison? Mm-hmm. Is you're looking at the vastness of the universe, if you like, and saying we are so small. Um, and you know how is it that you even take note of us? But of course, God takes note of us. He created us. In fact, all of the natural world around us on planet Earth is created for our blessing and benefit. It's there to to um, help us to remember uh, that we have a, benevol- a benevolent Father. And so, um, I guess yeah, I, it's uh, just that very last part of that verse where it says, uh, "And the Son of Man that you visit him." So, to me, that's mm. that's saying that uh, God. Uh, is actually wanting to visit us, to be with us, to have a relationship with us. And I guess, um, for me, that reminds me of Christ, you know, coming in person to visit us. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And we're going to come on to that in a little, little bit. But mm. it's it's kind of like uh, David, who wrote this psalm, he's basically saying, well, what is humankind compared to all this stuff that you've made? Mm. But on the other hand, God is actually saying, well, no, I made it for you. Mm. Uh, And I made you to be able to appreciate it. Mm. So like I said, if the world, let's suppose the globe was covered in this thick cloud all the time, you wouldn't be able to see out into the sun, you know, to the sun, the moon and the stars. Mm. Uh, You might get this, you know, like when it's overcast, you know, when it's light and you know when it's dark, but you can't actually see any of the objects. Mm. Uh, It could have been like that. You know, the, the world we live in could have been permanently like that. But and the, the and fact that it's transparent, we get to glimpse it every night or, you know, most nights um, is, is great. And it's, it's God has created us with an ability to appreciate the natural world, whether it be near or far. I've uh, been to places where there's a lot of pollution. Um, I know in India, um, particularly at the time we were there, there was a lot of uh, smog and, and dust pollution in certain areas and you just couldn't see the stars. It was amazing. Yes. And you get back yeah. into a place like Australia where we have clear skies and, you know, the the, the night is just so different. Um, what about uh, through his word, Peter? You know, we've got, yes. we've got, well, we've got God in nature, but what about his yes. word? You know, we, we have this book, the Bible. Well, I was going to say that... Um if we if we were limited to the lateral world alone, mm. uh, we would be um, we would have an incomplete picture of God. So you know the natural world has been around you know while ever we've been around, which means that uh, the ancients and even philosophers and, and you know people who are looking at nature today, we try to come to conclusions about how we got here 
but without that revelation, in other words, without the written word of God. And uh, if we do that, we will come to some, uh, even with the best of intentions, we will come to some uh, strange conclusions because, as we've mentioned, we talk about the beauty of nature, but we also see um, the ugliness in terms of we see animals killing other animals, uh, we see storms, we see, see tornadoes, we see hurricanes, we see earthquakes. You know, there is something not quite right mm. uh, with the world we live in. And so if we're going to make up our mind about who God is, then um, based solely on nature, we could come to some interesting conclusions. So, for instance, the ancient Greeks, they came to, you know, some philosophical ideas about the world around them just based on nature and not based on a special revelation. Um, and the same is true today, if you like. Uh, we, we have uh, set aside the Bible um, in the age of reason, and we have tried to determine how this world came to be, how we came to be, without God being in it. And that's because we've dis- discounted the Bible now. We don't, we don't take seriously the Scriptures. And therefore, we're trying to come to conclusions about you know, who we are and what, what, what it's all about. And so that's why the God gave us the Bible. So the Christian faith is it's, it's a revealed religion. That means that we are limited in what we could possibly understand about God unless he reveals it. And what we have in the Bible is God revealing himself revealing certain truths about who he is, about who we are, the nature of God, the nature of creation, in order that we can understand him and have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And so we'll um, take a little look at some of the things that the Bible reveals uh, after our next break. But absolutely, there is the revelation of nature, which is open to all of us. But then there's the revelation, the written revelation, which is the word of God, which God has revealed through his servants, the prophets. Remember the question we asked, where do you most see evidence of God in the world around you? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488880891. Right now, this is The Word of God Speaks. This is Mercy Me. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say You pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty. To be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God, speak. Finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music, beyond the noise 
quiet Hear your voice Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're speaking with Peter Watts on the topic of knowing God or the knowledge of God. Now Peter, we were just talking about getting to know God through His Word, so let's get into His Word and uh, learn more about that. Okay, so I mean first of all um, the Bible as we know it of course is a, a collection of 66 books or letters, some of them are letters uh, that have been uh, inspired by God God inspires people and they write down God's messages for the masses for their audience there but also um, because they've been passed down we, we get to read them too and so um, we we have uh, this revealed will. And, and there are things that you can't learn by just looking at nature, as we mentioned before. We might get a confused picture of God just looking at nature. Mm. There's some great things, but then there's some ugly things. And how do we how do we put all that together? And, of course, some of the ancients decided, well, there are good gods and bad gods, and it's, there's a fight between the gods. Mm. <laughs> and that's how they came to some of their conclusions. Um, but the Bible talks about the creator God. And uh, we, we learn more about the person through these letters or these scriptures and um, there's a verse in John 5.39 that I'll get you to read when Jesus came he was talking to the religious leaders of his day who had what we would call the Old Testament and uh, he had something to say there he says you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me So he's really saying, you can read the scriptures, but really they're pointing to me and you need to know me. Exactly. So, so uh, Jesus is is God come in person. You know, mm. if you wanted to know, if you ever wondered, uh, you know, there's a song once, "What if God was one of us?" And uh, if if Jesus, if God came into the world as a person, as a human being, what would that be like? Well, we 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 have a glimpse of that because Jesus is God come in the flesh, mm. and um, what what he's saying here is, you you've got the scriptures, you search the scriptures, and that that's right. You want to find out about God. Um, but they these testify of me. It's it's about a person. So eternal life is not just a concept. Mm. It's wrapped up in a person, and that person is Jesus, who is God in the flesh. And so 
Um, in fact, it's, it's, it's kind of a clue, too, because of the fact that the whole point of the Scriptures is to enable us to get to know God better. That's really what it's about. So this isn't, uh, like I say, just a philosophical exercise or a theoretical exercise. This is actually God trying to say, I'm your father, you're my children, and I want to have a living relationship with you. We have been separated through circumstances, not of my choosing, Mm. but I'm wanting to reconnect with you. I'm wanting for you to get to understand and know who I really am. Um, and that we might have a relationship that just you know doesn't last five minutes, it doesn't last five years, but it's going to le- last eternally. Um, that's what God is intending. So um, he uh, he reveals himself through the scriptures, and and also how important these scriptures are for us. If you'd like to read Matthew four four, uh, another passage where Jesus is speaking. It says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So this is interesting because, um, you know, our bodies are built up by food and drink. Mm. And, you know, we we know we need food and drink every day. Um, And, you know, you can probably go a day without food or drink, but you're going to get thirsty at some point. Mm. And, um, you know, he's saying that not only is a spiritual food or the word of God as important, he's saying it's, it's, it's more important. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, and I sometimes talk to people, I do um, often do Bible studies with individuals and sometimes with groups. Um, but it, when I, I talk to them, I say, you know, God only wants us to read the Bible on the days that we eat. Um, yeah. And so if we're going to eat every day, we recognize the need for physical food. Uh, Do we recognize our need of spiritual food? And and God is saying this spiritual food, the word of God, it's going to help us to live. Mm. That's what it really means. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Mm. And, you know, there's such a thing as surviving uh, or just existing. But God wants us to live. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to make he wants to get the most out of this life as well as preparing for the next life. Mm. And so the Word of God helps us in that regard to know who God is and what he wants from us. What I find amazing about uh, the Bible is that, you know, it's one book, okay, it's a big book made of 66 uh, smaller books, but... But we can continue to study this. You know, I've I've been reading, you know, bits of the Bible all my life, Mm. and every time I read it, Pretty much, I discover something new, and I, I find that amazing. You know that that God seems to be able to reveal new truths through the same word, through the same scriptures, yeah. as we study it deeper and we we you know we delve into it more and more. Yeah, somebody said about the Bible that you know it's shallow enough for a toddler to paddle in, but it's deep enough for the greatest professor to drown in. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's um, it's an amazing book. It is one of the, it's like that uh, proverbial onion that you just keep peeling yeah. back the layers, and yeah. you're finding richer and ever richer veins of truth. Mm. I wanted to talk about this idea of knowing God because mm. we've mentioned before at the top of the program that we were talking about the fact that you can you know you can know say a celebrity, somebody who's a singer or an actor or whatever. You might think you know something about them because of the publicity and so forth, but you don't actually know the person. Um, and I think this is the difference that God actually 
really wants to have a relationship individually with every person on earth mm. um, as though they were the only child in the world. Um, that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us. And there's a, a, some clues, I think, in the language that is used. If we go back to the book of Genesis, um, and in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1, uh, it sort of tells the story of Adam and Eve and the, and the beginnings of their uh, family. And uh, maybe you could read there, Jason, uh, Genesis 4.1. Yeah. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. All right. Now, there's this little phrase here, now Adam knew yeah. Eve, and mm. we think of that, well, that means to know carnally. In other words, that they had uh, intimate relations, right? And then she, you know, conceives a child. Um, but that word knew, to, to know, is, is a Hebrew word called yadah, and that word is used elsewhere in regard to uh, God and uh, his his relationship to us. And so the point here is Adam and Eve had an intimate relationship and, uh, and, and you know, obviously that was a sexual relationship because a child was produced. But it's the intimacy that God wants us to sort of take note of as well. Have a look at Jeremiah uh, chapter 9, 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. All right, so here's a fascinating passage where he says, let not the you know, wise man glory in his wisdom, mm. but let him who glories glory in the fact that he knows me. And that word yet there to know mm. is yada. It's the same word, the same word for okay. Adam knew Eve. In other words, God is saying, if you're going to glory in anything, glory in this, that you have an intimate relationship with me. Mm. That's really what he's saying, and that's what he desires. That's what he wants for us to have. He doesn't want us to have a surface knowledge of God. You know, the devil obviously knows that God exists. Um, he probably knows the devil better than many other people, uh, and yet he doesn't have an intimate knowledge of God in the sense that they know each other as friends. Mm. They know each other as people who respect one another and so forth. And God wants us to have this intimate um, relationship. It's interesting in this knowing idea, somebody once said that intimacy really should be spelt with four different words, which is in, to, me, see. Mm. In other words, you if we have an intimate relationship, it means you can see into my soul, to, you know, practically. You know something deeper than, than just what's on the surface. Mm. Um, and this is, of course, what God intended for the closest of human relationships, which is the marriage relationship, uh, that the two would become one flesh and that, that there would be that biblical knowing. Um, and that's the, the pinnacle, if you like, of human relationship. And God is trying to teach us something about the fact that we can have this very close relationship with God himself. And uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more of that after our next break. We have a book offer today. The book is called Who is Jesus? All the armies that ever marched and all the navies that were ever built and all the parliaments that ever sat and all the kings that ever reigned 
put together have not affected the life of man as powerfully as Jesus Christ. We'd like to give you a copy of this book today, so right after the break we will give you the code. But right now, this is Carly Fletcher with God to Know You.
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we're talking with Peter Watts on the topic of knowing God. Before the break, we talked about our book offer for today, and that is called Who is Jesus? Now, we have plenty of copies of this to give away, but we'd love you to text in on the this code, steps number nine, steps nine, S-T-E-P-S, and the number nine, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to be able to give you a copy of this book today. Um, now, Peter, just to wrap up our program today, what would you like to cover in our last seven or eight minutes? Okay, so we were talking about uh, knowing God, uh, that's our topic, and we were talking about the fact that God wants an intimate father-child relationship with us. Um, and so, you know, um, he, he wants to, us to know him in a personal way rather than just in a facts and figures way. Hmm. Um, and so, and, and you know, this is... Um, in a pretty serious situation because it's that knowledge of God that that um, helps us to be able to trust him. So we want to know him to the point where if we know him more, uh, we'll love him more. If we love him more, we'll trust him more. And um, I think there's a passage, interestingly, that Jesus uh, speaks of in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew seven twenty one through 23. And um, he says something here that, you know, is quite surprising, really. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Okay, so here is a fascinating passage that the people will come to Jesus and say, Lord, Lord, we've done all these things in your name. Hmm. And he's saying, I will say, I never knew you. And first of all, it seems that they're not practicing, they're not doing the will of his father, first of all. Uh, they're practicing lawlessness, which means they're breaking the law. Hmm. Um, so, so whilst they might claim the name of the Lord, uh, they're not living in accordance with his will. Um, and it's interesting, he says, I never knew you. Now, the Bible also tells us, you know, I've numbered, Jesus says, I've numbered the, num the hairs on your head. Mm. So he knows, he knows every detail about us. There's no lack of knowledge on his part. So how can he say, I never knew you? And what he's really saying there is you and I did not have a relationship. Yeah. You and I did not have a bond that is uh, so close that it can't be broken. And so that's the kind of relationship he's talking about here. Mm. And we get a sort of sense of that if you go to John seventeen three. There's a fascinating verse here where Jesus is actually praying. He's praying to his heavenly Father and he's praying on behalf of his disciples, both past and present. Mm. And uh, notice what he says in John seventeen three. It says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So this is very interesting, you know, this statement, and this is eternal life. It's like, 
okay, let's pause here. This is going to be a dramatic statement. He's saying this is eternal life. This is something we don't possess naturally. We're all mortal. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're going to get, get old, get sick and die. And we, we need a solution to that. And the solution is somebody who's going to be able to give us eternal life. So he says, this is it. This is eternal life. What, what is it? That you may know, sorry, that, um, that they may know you. That's the only true God. So knowing God is eternal life and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Mm. In other words, the clearest picture that we get of God is in Jesus. Um, and it's that knowing, that intimate connection with God, that knowing of God that he wants for us. And uh, I think that, that that is fascinating. Now, some people might be thinking, well, that's all well and good, you know, but how bright do you have to be? to get to know God. You've mentioned before that the, the Bible is a pretty big book, about 1,300 pages in most versions. Nice. And um, there's a lot in it, you know, and there's a lot of um, material there, a lot of deep mm. material in there. How, how am I possibly going to, to begin? And I think it's, it's just step by step, day by day, moment by moment, what, you know, one day at a time. But there's a passage in 1 Corinthians one twenty six that I think encouraged me uh, because you think to yourself, well, because starting out, it just seems to be a mountain to climb, you know. Mm. It's, it's, it's such a big book. Where do you start? And um, I think there's a, a passage in First Corinthians one twenty six to 29, which I, I find interesting. And I'll, I'm going to read that in just a moment. But uh, just something's been on my mind, um, you know, as as we read that passage earlier about, you know, not, not everyone, yes. will, God will say, um, you know, Welcome to, to to eternal life. Um, it reminds me yesterday, uh, David Leo with Tabitha was covering the topic of the the sinner who prayed, mm-hmm. you know, the tax collector who prayed oh, yes. versus the the righteous, you know, the supposedly righteous uh, Pharisee or religious leader, whoever he was, praying outside. And you know that that just uh, is is to me painting that picture that. Sometimes um, people present as this perfect image of of knowing God and and uh, being a good Christian, and yet yes. it was Jesus said it was the it was the sinner, the tax collector, who will be saved. So mm. yeah, that just brings me back to that. But anyway, back back to this passage in First Corinthians uh, one verse twenty six to twenty nine. It says. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Mm, that, mm. That's a little bit uh, uh, complicated, that one. <laughs> well, basically, he's saying, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's not uh, those whom we might think are the smartest people mm. that, that God is choosing. He's actually choosing humble people. It, he's choosing simple people in a way. Um, if you think about the people that he chose as disciples, you know, Peter, James and John, Andrew, they were all fishermen. Hmm. Um, and that wasn't regarded as the, you know, the greatest of occupations hmm. uh, back in the day. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the brightest and best that were going into fishing. It's, it's um, not, it's not who the world thinks would, uh, would exactly. be the best, but, but who God exactly. thinks. Exactly. Hmm. 
and, and yeah, that's right, because you have to have humility in order to be able to grasp what it is that God is trying to teach us. Mm. You know, he's wanting us to, to learn that. I remember uh, reading in Acts 4.13 where it says um, the people who had arrested Peter, James and John uh, for preaching in the name of Jesus. And it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. That's Acts 4.13. So they had got their learning, if you like, from Jesus rather than from the, um, you know, higher schools of learning. Mm. And um, it's not to say that people shouldn't go to higher schools of learning. That is not the point I'm trying to make, and it's not the point the Bible's trying to make. It's simply saying that too often we place a lot more stock in what the world thinks of us than we do of what God thinks of us. Mm. And, um, and I think that, uh, you know, when we are coming to the Bible... We need to um, ask yourself, you know, read a passage of the Bible. Don't try and read too much. Ask yourself three questions. What does this teach me about God? What does it teach me about humanity? And what is God specifically saying to me through this today? And I think by asking those questions, it helps to open up the scripture as we read. Mm, For sure. And of course, uh, you know, the scripture says that if any lacks wisdom, this is James 1 verse 5, let him ask God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him we Mm. we just need to ask uh, God and he will give us the wisdom the spiritual wisdom that we can only get from him Mm. what have you got for us next week Peter okay so uh, actually we are talking about the next chapter in the book which is called the privilege of prayer and uh, this is another means of communication so God has communicated with us through his word and this is another means of communication that God has put in place for us called prayer and we want to talk a little bit about uh, the privilege of prayer next week okay and tomorrow Daniel Mateo will be in the studio with Tabitha They'll be talking on the topic of the Bible as theology. Sort of fits in well, I guess, where we learn about God (laughs) from the Bible itself, what we've been talking about today. Uh, Of course, our book offer today, Who is Jesus? Text in steps number 9 to 0488-880-891. Now, we hope you've enjoyed our program today. Remember to text in the book offer. But right now, we're going to go out with this song. It's called Open My Eyes by James David Carter.
Now 